This is Slashers, for real this time, because my equipment is tentatively working. My name is Jake, for the first time in a very long time, and with me as always, even if I'm not here, are my esteemed colleagues, co-hosts, and cohorts, Adrian and Doug. Gang, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hey, mutant goons, it's been a long time, but hey, it's a nostalgic episode with us three originals and a nostalgic movie, too. I know. I could just tear up listening to Jake do the intro because it feels like it's been so long. Hey, guys, it's Abe. It's only been about 10 minutes since I did it the first time and had to abandon that recording because it sounded like butthole sex. I know. And that was a good one, but it's okay. It's fine. I think this one's better because I got the and better. Yeah, and you never had butthole sex at Warp Tour? It's actually not bad. I know. I'm like, <laughs> what does that sound like, Jake? <laughs> yeah, I, I keep looking over because I'm still technically on a court call, and if I get unmuted while I'm talking about butthole sex, I'll probably get in trouble. Ah, uh, no. Just mm-hmm. say, like, your kids took your, you know, your phone. <laughs> was it near? Yeah. yeah. And then my kids were talking about butthole sex. Great reflection. <laughs> but you want to talk about feeling old and parentage and all this fun stuff? I now have a child who is older than I was the first time I saw The Toxic Avenger. Oh. Wow. Crazy. Did she watch The Toxic Avenger with you? No. As I was watching it, I was like, how did this happen? How was I allowed? How was I neglected to a point where I was doing this? Like, the epitome of a latchkey kid. It's crazy. Well, I mean, here's one thing I'll tell you. With your background, for you listeners out there, Jake's got the Toxic Crusaders background. It's just so bright and vibrant. And it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So. You know, uh, I remember as a kid, before I even saw the Toxic Avenger movie, someone, uh, maybe a neighbor, someone gave us a coloring book of Toxic Crusaders and it all, it had Toxie on there. So that's how I was familiar with them was the coloring book. And then, you know, years later, I think I saw this when I was 14. So I was a little, uh, I was in my, uh, finding out what waxing the carrot age was. There you um, go. And when I f- saw this and I'm like, oh, why is this movie in the horror section? I used to rent movies from the library. It was in the horror section. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he looked creepy on the cover. I'm like, wait a minute. This was the coloring book I had as a kid. Let's check it out. So your library had this movie? My library had this movie. Yeah, it was Lakewood Library in uh, in Ohio. So for wow. those of you that go there and they still have it there because I went there when I lived out there and they still have that exact same VHS copy that I rented for, you know, for geez, how old am I now? 30, 31? Holy yeah, 31 God. years old. I rented it when I was 14 years old. That's amazing. <laughs> People like to think that libraries are this, you know, the stuffy old thing. But a lot of it is very provocative content. Like I look at the cloud library app and there's an app called Hoopla. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but if your library is signed up to it, it's you could stream stuff through it or, or read books through it. And some of the stuff I'm like, ooh, I thought they might be uh, watching this once my family goes to sleep and I actually have free time. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I remember that same library, and I don't even know if there was an age restriction because I remember renting and watching for the first time Toxic Avenger, Fritz the Cat. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I saw Fritz the Cat as a kid. Um, and then uh, what was the other movie I did? Uh, Dress to Kill. <laughs> and uh, there was another, like a softcore. It was uh, Let Blue My Velvet? Puppets Come. No, it was Let My Puppets Come. They had like a big box VHS of that. So it was a, a puppet porno comedy musical. Wow, I've never heard of that. Yeah, let my puppets come. I'm afraid to have that in my search history. <laughs> and it's just pornographic Sesame Street, kind of. So, oh. Sexame Street. Sexame oh. Street, yeah. <laughs> Aid, what kind of puppet pornography do you enjoy? Well, not puppet pornography and certainly none from the, the library, although <laughs> it's weird because the library, our public library is right downstairs for me. And I don't go inside because there's always like, I mean, there's a lot of like CD. I don't want to say that they're just homeless, but they're like druggy too, that are always like whipping their dicks out in the street. So I feel like there's a lot of places they could probably whip their dick out in the library. So I just don't feel like I need to be in there. Do they wear like the br- long brown trench coat and have like, the, they look like the bad guys from well, the NARC video you game? See it. It's so bad. I mean, we were walking home the other night from dinner. There was one uh, with his dick out push- pissing in the bushes and behind the hedges at the library. Of course, the library was closed at this time. And I'm like, why? there are people here like there's families here this guy has this nasty dick out so anyways but so i've never seen this as a kid i've only seen like pieces of the cartoon and i think probably just because 
it must have been on TV or it must have, like, I just remember looking at the cartoon. I don't remember watching it. And it was weird because I was talking to my coworker today and she was telling me, like, she's like, what movie are you doing today? And I'm like, you're in trauma again, the toxic Avenger. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah. She's like, I like that cartoon. And I'm like, you seen the fucking cartoon? <laughs> like, and she was somebody that I would never think would seen this. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's definitely a cultural phenomenon at this point. If I may be so bold, I'm rejoining the conversation after a brief reprieve while I was making a argument before a judge, an argument, and the correct answer as to your favorite type of puppet pornography is shad o o o puppets. Should, <laughs> should I do it again? Yeah, yeah, it gives a, that that's late night at Bob Baker marionette place. So. Oh. <laughs> That would be fun. Uh, I should have known the types of conversations that would be afoot when we do trauma. So this is exciting. <laughs> so, Doug, let me ask you, do you kind of like tan line titties? Uh, I do. Well, this movie has uh, actually they're triangle tan line titties. Yep. OK, OK. Listen, after being on vacation and back, I kind of have that right now. So don't be talking shit about tan lines. OK, I'm not. What I'm saying is that I was I indoctrinated into this fetishism at a very young age, and somehow I ma- married a woman who is paler than an alabaster albatross <laughs> that's albino. Well, just tell her to go to one of those uh, Final Destination uh, tanning beds. L- those things work. Where so. Aid used to work, watching movies the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you ever get people coming up to your job, Aiden, like, is this melanoma? Oh, yeah. They would ask me, like, some girls would get, and I, and I hate to say this, it's always the white girls. They get, like, these, mm-hmm. like, scales on their skin from tanning too much. And they're, mm-hmm. like, they're like, how come you don't have that? Or why why is that happening to me? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I just work here. Like It's I called don't... melanin, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys heard of crocodile? It's an old thing, but it was an internet thing for a yeah, while. Yeah, that, that's it's cheaper than heroin. And yeah. you put it in you and it melts your skin down. It's like street trash, literally. Yeah, it flakes off like little scales. Yeah. And that's why they call it that. We, we had a huge problem with that here in Florida. And, and it wasn't that long because I think that's what that guy was taking when he ate the face in Miami. Bath salts guy? Oh, no, that was bath salts. Okay, so it wasn't that. Yeah. But I remember that being an issue in Miami. Not with me. Not Miami, but your Amy. <laughs> Miami. Yeah, well, I remember that too. And, and they were eating like it was a thing, uh, crocodile in Florida. Because I remember <laughs> there was something on the news, and I remember being so funny. They're like, they're like, there's not going to be any, uh, you know, overweight fat kids in Florida because all the moms are using the spoons. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so, and I remember them like, wait, wait, Florida's like that. This place sounds sleazy as fuck. I gotta go. <laughs> sounds like the New Jersey of the South. I laughed at the dogs like I gotta go. <laughs> There are some, I mean, it gets, it gets pretty bad. I mean, I imagine it gets bad like that anywhere though. I mean. Yeah. El Monte. Well, El Monte is not as, as, as bad as I make it out to be, but uh, you go to the gym in El Monte and then the workouts, you know, and they're doing the, the press, they're like, sup, foo, sup, foo, <laughs> sup, foo. <laughs> it's orale. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, one time I went to El Monte, it's not as bad as I make it out to be, but yeah, I remember going to a car dealer shop before we got the car that I had. And uh, the one guy's like, you, you looking for a car? I say, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let me go ahead. Do you have any of those? Uh, yeah, yeah. We got these. Uh, the, the Dodge Charger hatchbacks, foo. Like he kept saying foo, and I'm like, dude, you're in a suit, and you're just going foo. So. I never liked uh, like unless there's very narrow circumstances with which I like foo. That would be like a, a Mr. T kind of foo. I don't yeah. like just being called foo like it's the punctuation at the end of a sentence because then then it, it makes me want to get defensive and accuse the speaker of being the foo. Well, usually when they say foo, I'm like, I just do this. <laughs> I look behind me to see if there's any. I'm like, who, who, me? Oh, well, Doug's no foo. He's a see-through foo. That's why he looks behind him. <laughs> Oh, well, speaking of behind you, Doug, I see we have our our film in question playing and it's the it's the fun scene. Yeah, the scene that Jake showed his wife. <laughs> yeah, didn't go over well. I it was probably about two minutes too early because he get you know, you get to see Toxie's girlfriend about to be accosted at the dog shot. But I think it was a very interesting glimpse into the uh, raised by wolves childhood that I had. Mm. Well, okay, so that that's an interesting thing because the '80s. I mean, there's a lot of cocaine in the '80s, but honestly, like, well, Ro- Ro- RoboCop had a cartoon too. Rambo had a cartoon. 
it's just, but this movie is, hits different from, I mean, RoboCop's pretty violent, but this movie, you get a kid's head ran over, you get, uh, you know, assault, blind, I mean, blind characters, and, and arguably, Melvin is the first autistic superhero, so, you know, that's just kind of, they, they mentioned that in the fourth movie, they're like, you're my best student, Melvin, so, I don't know, it's just Real very quick. different, like, how this got a cartoon, what's up? Does it bother you that they changed his name from Melvin the Third to Junko? I never liked the Junko name. No, it just seemed too cartoony. Yeah. But there's a whole, uh, like, I've seen this movie more than, I've seen it probably a hundred times. But yeah, Lloyd on the commentary even said that they did that to appeal to Junko just sounds more cartoony. Yeah. Because when they did the the two and three, that's when the cartoon was coming out. So. And two and three. I mean, that's one of the frustrating things as well. You you see these like Snyder cuts and director's cuts and, you know, you get Ridley Scott doing the final director's ultimate penultimate cut of Blade Runner and stuff. I would wonder if I mean, I highly doubt that this stuff is preserved enough, but I, I wonder if there is a good movie in two and three because they're both bad. Two is less bad, but three is just objectively the worst of the four. And I wonder if you could hodgepodge it together to the original one movie it was meant to be if it would be any good it would be a long ass movie because you know two and three were supposed to be one movie that's what i'm saying yeah so then when they split it i'm saying if you could cut out all the the fluff and add-on stuff and just get to like the veritas of what that one movie would have been i think that might have potential but even then one is perfect like four is a little too ableist for me I know that it's all you know silly and provocative, but it just that's a topic that I'm always very defensive over. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. The fourth movie, I think they were just like, uh, I, I guess the best way to say it, it's like they held back so much on two and three and they just had to like let it blow their load on the fourth movie. So <laughs> yeah. they just threw everything, including the kitchen sink, because the fourth movie is crazy. Like I show that pe- to, to people who haven't seen it. Like usually if we have like parties or something, I'll throw that on. And people are like, what the fuck movie is this? Yeah. So. It's a good party background movie, but uh, lo and behold, uh, the, the the original Toxic Adventure. I haven't. I have Toxie tattooed on my arm here because this movie means so much to me. I saw it when I was fourteen years old, rented it at the library, um, and the, the, the I guess what makes it so special, which is kind of hard now, because nowadays you could stream this movie and you know you could read reviews and people are like, oh yeah, you, this movie's a cult movie. The internet was AIM Instant Messenger, and you know you had a login. We had dial up, and it was Ohio. We were still fucking using VHS tapes and floppy disks. <laughs> so I didn't have any research. I saw the cover of this tape, and I, I'm like, oh, that's the little coloring book I had as a kid. And I watched this movie, and I what I'll tell you. So movies like Creep Show Two, movies like um, Blood Diner. Um, those ones made me love movies like 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 love like cult like B movies and stuff like that. Toxic Avenger changed my life. You want to know why? Because it made me a pre- made me want to make movies yep. of that caliber. Because after I watched this, I'm like I, my brother was watching this with. Well, actually, I watched it first, and then my brother came down. And I'm like, I'm he's I'm just kind of standing there. I'm like, this is the greatest fucking movie I have ever seen, and it's like 80s minute. It's like perfect. Oh yeah. It's it's sleazy. It's funny. It's it's it has um, suspenseful horror scenes, great action, great gore, extreme violence. I like this movie's got everything. I'm like, holy. When I watched it, I remember saying this vividly. I remember saying this was the movie I have always wanted to see and I never knew existed. So, yeah, this movie, this movie made me, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, come in my pants uh, when I first seen it as a teen. So I'm like, funny, holy like, shit. You and I have like an inverse relationship where you had Blood Diner first and then fell into Toxie. And I had Toxie in my whole childhood and fell into Blood Diner. So your reaction to this movie was my reaction to Blood Diner of like, how have I never seen this? This is immaculate. And yeah, it's very interesting to think of like how it hits so many boxes that would become hugely influential to people who don't even make horror films necessarily. Like you talk to any filmmaker who's at least somewhat provocative or who any kind of guerrilla filmmaker. And if they haven't seen this, it's like a rite of passage. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like infinitely more creators now have seen this than Citizen Kane, than Gone with the Wind. Then those, you know, things that people want to act are the elitist things you have to have seen those benchmarks of cinema, because this is really, I think you're right about filmmaking, because it's the, you know, industriousness of making this happen. This is this is like the tusk of its day. This was a pitch that's a joke, right? Mm -hmm. They say like, oh, he's the first radioactive superhero, which is an inherently absurd concept. That, That was a it's a joke pitch. 
and yet they made a movie about it that went on to be legendary. Yeah, and honestly, this is the movie that I could watch over. Like, if it's on, like, I threw it on in the background and, you know, I'll watch it. I, I never get bored with it, and it's a great introduction movie. I remember when I first... uh when I first uh, started dating Yahira, we had like movie nights at her place. She's, she's like, oh, you know, what what movies do you have? I'm like, oh, I got a movie for you. Then we watched Human Centipede 2 and, and The Toxic Avenger. Uh, and that's when we hit it off so good. So I'm like, and she's like, and she's like, wow, this movie's crazy. Uh, so it's a great, like, honestly, for you single people out there, I'd say, you know, if you want to have a, if you want to get to know the person, see what their tolerance level is, throw on the Toxic Avenger, because either love it or hate it. Because it's weird, I've, I've known people that said, like, oh, I didn't like that movie at all. It's stupid. I'm like, did you even watch the movie? Like, seriously. And, and I'm like, well, what's your favorite movie? Uh, the Fast and the Furious part, Shicks. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, those are not your audience, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. I mean, I will say with this one, I I enjoyed it for a trauma movie. I did enjoy it, and I think that it was a lot more cohesive than a lot of the other ones that I've been subjected to. Because I don't feel I feel like this one has a beginning, middle, and end. You can follow it yep. very easily. Like I had it on when I got home, and I was putting laundry away, but I was able, like, I didn't have to stop and rewind. Like, oh, did I miss something? Because I'm listening to it. I mean, it's pretty straightforward really great effects especially when he's transforming i was impressed i i, I well i watched i started watching it on tubi and then dan had had got me had gotten me a, a copy and so i put on that one and it, i guess it was better quality than what tubi had uh so i could see everything a lot better so i was glad i did that yeah i just i was really impressed by the like there were parts in it like when they're in the in the fast food restaurant and he's wrapping the guy and he's up in the in the bars and then he's sticking his hands in the fryer yeah where you can see the bubbles being made by his hands shaking and nothing else which is a great like you get you're getting it done yeah i was i was yeah i was like ah like i'm holding my socks as i'm putting it I'm like oh my god <laughs> so I, 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 there's a lot of it that i did enjoy and i think it's really cute little they have a little love story in it too so yeah, and, and I think that's what Yahira liked that too. She's like, oh, I love the part when he eats the eggs. And I'm like, well, the part where he eats the eggs, he, like that's what she picked up out of it. But um, yeah, I mean, this movie's got like, like the whole scene where he's transforming and stuff like that's that that's a pretty that's on par with like the howling transformation almost oh, like yeah. in terms of like suspense and then the creepy music like this movie just blends everything perfectly. And like you said, uh, I don't think a lot of trauma movies, you know, I love trauma, but I don't think a lot of movies are as like even class Newcomb high is all over the yeah. place. Yeah. And this has a lot of the same actors in there. And, and nowadays, and the, the thing is I've noticed with Lloyd Kaufman now that he's like taking full reign. Cause, uh, cause uh, Michael hers also directed this too. So I feel like they were, you know, they had a straight path, but when Lloyd Kaufman, even on his newer movies, like terror firmer or, you know, Re- return to Newcomb high and stuff, whenever he feels like a scene doesn't work, instead of cutting it, he films additional scenes, Yeah, which uh, he, so the movie becomes two hours or an hour and 48 minutes. I'm like, why is this movie so fucking long? Like, you know, but Toxic Avenger just trims the fat. And there's actually two cuts of this movie. I have the, one of them's the Japanese cut, but I, I remember when I was a teenager, um, I, I loved this movie so much. And my, my dad took me and my brother to um, Medina, Ohio, cause they had a midnight screening of the Toxic oh, Avenger. Cool. And it was like on an original 35 millimeter film. And at that point I had wore, worn out the, um, the tape from the library and ended up returning it to them. And uh, we went to the midnight screening and I'm like, uh, Lloyd Kaufman was there and you know, from seeing like his little interviews on the tape, because this was before like internet and stuff like, I mean, no, internet existed, but just seeing Lloyd Coffin like in the beginning of the VHS, because he always did like the introduction, seeing him in person. I was, I was like, I, that was the first time I was ever like starstruck. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like this guy, like, is here and then he was he was um the, the guy in a toxie outfit you know they always have the the toxie oh, character yeah. there and that was the funnest midnight movie like literally people were going crazy uh there were naked roller derby girls running around the theater um so it was very adult and i was still a teenager at the time um but i was just like holy shit this movie is my rites of passage you know everyone says like oh faces of death should be your rites of passage like nah. no toxic avenger was but but the cut the the different cut that played in the movie theater and i guess it's also the japanese cut that's the one you gave me on VHS. Yeah. So, so yeah. actually that, that version is a different version. That's the director's cut, but there's another cut of the movie um, where uh, he kills Bo- uh, Bozo and Slug. Um, and then, you know, he kills the two girls, Julie and the other one in the hot, in the, um, in the hot Sorry, rocks yeah. and stuff. And you think they're dead, but in, in the cut that we saw in the theater, they live like Toxie just ends up cutting the girl's hair off with the scissors. And then he just ends up burning the girl's ass. And she's like at the police station making a statement. So, huh. 
Yeah, uh, which is weird because like, oh, we got to show the girls more. I'm like, no, just kid. Those girls are horrible. Those guys are like these people are the most despicable, like bad guys ever. They run over kids heads, give points uh, depending on the race of the person they kill. Yeah, it's intense. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do they say? Puerto Ricans are 30 yeah. points. I, was like, Son of I a feel bitch. like you should take that as a compliment. But I mean, yeah. that's just me from a cisgender white male. <laughs> I would. I'm like, hey, shit. Well, I'm more points. You better uh, stand out there with a yellow shirt or something. <laughs> so, and you mentioned something about how linear this movie is, and not in a bad way. It's not like it's linear d- despite itself. I think the the linear focus of it is truly kind of unique to uh, trauma. This was edited by Richard W. Haynes, who mm-hmm. went on to direct Class of Newcomb High, who ended up losing whatever relationship he had with Lloyd Kaufman because he didn't get final edit of his movie. And that's why he went off and did his own films. And that was a huge split. And it was so interesting for me, having previously interviewed Richard, to kind of go into this movie again with kind of a new, fresh perspective and think about, like, I'm absolutely positive that they probably had to argue quite a bit in mm-hmm. the formation of this because you know Lloyd is somebody who does not want to if he paid money for a piece of film he's going to get that on the screen and this movie is so succinct it really you know there's so much that they took out I could only imagine yeah like I said that that other scene changes the movie completely because it like keeps the characters in but I think Lloyd said they shot that originally because they they wanted more TNA from the girls but I'm like no just like from yeah I don't know but I I, I like the cut that I gave you on, on tape uh, that was the original in fact that's the same VHS version that I got from the library like it says I ended up buying it on eBay for that same like trauma nice. release. So, yeah. And, and so I have a little crazy story to tell here. I, I was egging aid and Jake on earlier, but um, my first tattoo uh, right when I joined the military, my first tattoo was uh, Toxie on my arm. So I ended up getting him um, and then I ended up uh, going to the military. And then when I when I got out, well, in between, I was doing like classes and stuff, but I ended up going uh, to school for for uh, a film degree. And, you know, what a waste of money that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, screenwriting and stuff and uh, all that all that fun shit um, that I can't do anything with. But uh, the, the, the one thing I remember, I was 14 years old when I saw it from the library and I kept renting it and renting it and renting it. And it almost felt like, uh, what was it? Remember, it was like Beauty and the Beast. Remember when Bell keeps renting that same book? It's like, Bell, you like this book? Oh, but it's so great. I got to watch it again. So literally, Keep it. A late- it's yours. You know, they didn't let me keep it. They charged me. <laughs> but um, No, the lady at the library, she was I remember she had like these big um, Tootsie looking glasses. Huh. And she's like, this is like she's like, this is like your third time this month renting this movie. She's like, what is it? I'm like, oh, I'm like, this movie is God. <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, enjoy, young man. And she just rented. So I literally I've worn that tape out. I think I'm the one that rented it the most. Um, and then. Uh, the amazing technology hit Ohio. It existed before, but DVDs were around at the time. Yep. And uh, I had got a PlayStation 2 that can play DVDs because I didn't have a DVD player. Those things were expensive. And uh, Toxic Avenger was on DVD. And I didn't have an Amazon credit card or anything like that. And um, I kept calling. This is when I needed to look in the phone books. So I was looking in the phone books and there's this record store called The Exchange. They're all over Ohio and the um, East Coast, but they're like movies, like used movies and and games and books and stuff like that and records. And uh, I called them and they said, yeah, we have the DVD copy of The Toxic Avenger here. It's $12. Do you want us to put it on the hold for you? I said, yes, I'll be there. I didn't have a car at the time. And at the time um, I was, you know, doing school, uh, high school, uh, 14 years old. Was that high school? Was high school, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I was working a lifeguarding job. I was a lifeguard at the time. And I worked in the city of Cadell. And it was probably about eight, eight nine miles away. Uh, the exchange was eight, nine miles away from where I worked. And uh, I had an hour lunch break. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, holy shit. Because they called me. They're like, we have your DVD of Toxic Avenger. And uh, there's someone here that wants to get it. But we have it on hold for you for uh, the rest of the day. But we close at seven. So I'm like, holy shit. I'm not going to make it in time because I'm off at seven. So on my lunch break, I said, you know what? I might take an extended lunch. And I remember I was in flip flops. I had a bathing suit on and I had my my lifeguard whistle. They thought I was the weirdest person. It was like eight miles straight down the road. It was in the city of Lakewood. So it was another town over. And literally I ate lunch 
I ran. You ever seen the movie Run Lolo Run? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was running like that, eight miles in flip flops, and it was hot outside. Uh, and this is during the peak of summer, so I'm running for my lifeguarding job, and literally I'm like, oh my god, I it's 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 killing me. And then my flip flop broke because yeah, it was like the cheap one where the strap breaks. Oh, yeah. So literally I'm like limping, and uh, I'm like, fuck. So what do I do? So then I I have some change, so I go into the bus, and the bus takes me down, <laughs> and then the bus turns left. I'm like, oh, where are you going? They're like, oh, we go down to this other plaza here. I'm like, no, but I don't need to go straight. I just, I just have like four. I, I ran four miles. I remember I ran halfway there. And I said, I just need to go straight. They're like, oh, but you can catch the other bus here, the circulator. But that's going to take you. Uh, not going to be there for about another another thirty minutes or so. I'm like, fuck. So I got off. I was on the bus for maybe like a mile or two. And then I got uh, I got off and I kept running down and I made it to the exchange. and I looked like shit. Like I was all the way down. I was look like that. And then uh, I got the Toxic Avenger DVD. And for me, like, honestly, it was like a video game. You know, when you make your quest, it's like you made it. You've got the grail. Here it is. And I'm like, oh, my God, the DVD of the Toxic Avenger in full screen. You know? <laughs> um, and then I realized I'm like, shit, I got to go eight miles back. So. I, I, I ran as fast as I could and then I ended up taking a bus uh, the rest of the way there. And it, it took me an hour and a half. So that wasn't bad because I ended up taking a bus halfway. And they're like, oh, where were you? I'm like, I just took an extended lunch break. I'm like, OK, cool. Uh, you got cleaning duty after this. And uh, so that was my story of getting the Toxic Avenger on DVD. It was literally a, a fetch quest. My sandal broke. It, it was just a 16 miles to get that fucking DVD. But you did it. Do you still have that one? I still have it. Yeah, I have it signed by Lloyd Kaufman, too. And I have I think I have like three other copies of it. I have like the 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 box set. I have the Blu-ray. I have it on Laserdisc. I have like four VHS versions, all different. So and the Laserdisc is a different cut, too, right? The laser. Yeah, it is. It's it's the cut version, though. So, you know, I have it as a collector's thing, but I'll never watch it because most of the gores cut out. Yeah. So that's my fetch quest video game version of Doug's adventures (laughs) to get this DVD. And Aid, what uh, what? gruesome steps did you engage in to be able to watch this film oh for me to watch it there was no gruesome steps i i I, well i didn't even know it was on tubi nobody said anything to me a lot of trauma stuff is on tubi or it's on prime and yeah Yeah, i I probably would have watched it sooner had i known it was on tubi but i made dan um get it for me last night and then like i said i was trying to watch it today during my break at work so i could at least start it and have it going but i had a lot of time obviously in between because you guys it's like what four o'clock four thirty your time so it's like yep. seven thirty mm-hmm. right now in my time so <laughs> so i have plenty of time you're like gotta get to bed soon i know right? half an hour you know i i'm glad that i watched it honestly and i wish we could i kind of wish we would have done it last time but I don't know why we didn't do it. And I realized like it's been uh, like a little over a year since we did this. Like, oh my gosh. I don't know. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, since since this group formed? Since the, well, the group formed and that we did our trail march. Trail march was rad. I'm still kind of annoyed with uh Will, who formerly of Damn That Scary, for being all like, uh, because Trail March was like the sickest shit. I got to do Redneck Zombies, I got to interview Ed Bishop, I got to interview Jennifer Aspinall, I got to interview Mark Torgel, and our numbers fucking sucked. But I'll tell you what, it was for me. Yeah, well, you want to know, hopefully the numbers don't suck for this one because the the remake is coming out uh, for this movie soon with Peter Dinklage. So I don't know, is Peter Dinklage playing Toxie in this? I think so. And then Elijah Wood is set to be the bad guy, which is interesting as fuck. But apparently they cut or they stopped filming like eight months ago from what I was looking at online. And so I guess it's a lot of after effect. I don't know. But when I was looking at the the timeline of events, I mean, the original Toxie came out in 81, right? Am I, am I misremembering that? 84. It was 84. Uh, drum roll. 86, according to... No, 84. We're right. So like I said, it came out in 84. So I mean, we're still two years away from like a huge anniversary. So... I wonder if they're when they're planning to put this out and how. And then also, isn't Kevin Bacon supposed to be in the new one? Aid, you love Kevin Bacon, isn't that supposed to be a thing? I, well, I I saw that a while ago, but I don't really I didn't look too much into it because I didn't didn't really know if that was true. So, well, you know, it's it's weird, but this is the one time where I'm like, a remake would work, and it's not because you know, like, oh, they're remaking the original. Because if you think about it, Toxic Avenger one is so different from two and three, and one, two, and three are so different from four, and then you got the cartoon. So literally, I like I, I feel like 
if they're going to make it in bad taste, which I think they should, you know, they should make it like over the top and uh, just just crazy. But the thing is, I feel like Toxic Avenger, as great as the first movie is, like it's more of a kind of like a like like Toxie is, is Troma's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. So I feel like it's almost like this world of like, oh, like this, like AIDS said, a cultural phenomenon. Let's try to make it something different. And if they're going to make Peter Dinklage, you know, Toxie, I'm all down for it. So anything new Toxic Avenger, I am down for because I absolutely love this movie with all my heart. And this this is the movie that changed my life. Like I said, this is what made me get into the world of of pain and torment of uh, wanting to make movies. Why do I want to make movies? I don't know. Well, and I'm a diehard comic book fan. I have yeah. like thousands of comics. I have like five different comic book reading apps and stuff. Like I'm really into it. And Toxie is so refreshing in so many ways. It even caught like the eye of Stan Lee. Like I have read the Toxic Avenger Marvel comics and they also have these other crap comics. I don't even remember what the company was did it. But there's something very interesting to be said about how so often you hear people do like, oh, you can't, you can't, it politically correct, you can't do anything nowadays. And it's like some of my most offensive and almost antagonistically provocative content I've ever seen is by incredibly liberal people. So already mm-hmm. you factor in that climate that we're dealing with, right? This like false paragon of like, oh, you can't have free speech. And then you add the fact that I am so but fucking tired of superhero movies, like mm-hmm. all of it. And to have something be a direct, you could do this movie in 15 different ways and still have it work for me. You could do it straight horror and it would be awesome. And you could do it just a spoof and it would be awesome. And you could do it as a blend of both and it would be awesome because I'm so fucking sick of that smarmy Marvel method. And I'm so sick of every DC movie being 17 hours long. <laughs> so there's a lot to do right here. But I think the huge like moral of the story is brevity. I think that's where Toxie works best because this movie's the shortest of all of them by a pretty far margin. Yeah. Yeah, it's the shortest of all of them, but it just like it just blends everything together. It's like a palette refresher. If you're watching something serious or, you know, you're watching like a bunch of A24 movies, then you're watching your superhero movies. This movie is just like it makes like this movie is just the epitome of fun. Like I really get like there's no like it just flows like butter. And it's just a fun, like, it, honestly, like, I I always show people this who have never seen it before. And it's just a fun time. And people talk about it afterwards. They laugh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and everyone, like you said, Lloyd Coffin's probably the most punk rock old man yeah. I've ever seen. In fact, I in fact, I was such a fan of this movie when I was 16 years old. I made my first ever, um, it was a feature film, and I cut it down to a short, which, plug, uh, it, I don't really like to say it because I think the, my early stuff sucks. Even my new stuff sucks. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, um, my the first movie I ever did was called Resident Emo. Remember when emo <laughs> trends were a oh, big yeah. was a big thing. So it's a short film and it's in an anthology which is available on Tubi and Voodoo. It's called Treasure Chest of Horrors. And my short film uh, Resident Emo's in there. And I had um, there was a cinema there a little convention at a hotel called Cinema Wasteland, and I was 16 years old. And um, I remember Lloyd Kaufman was there and I had emailed uh, uh, Lloyd's. Uh, I went to trauma.com like the remember the old uh, oh, the old websites yeah. there. And it's like, oh, contact Lloyd Kaufman. I'm like, oh, shit, let me do this. And literally he was in um, Ohio at the convention. And I said, hey, I'm doing my my little emo zombie movie. Um, and I'd love to have you play the meat man in the movie. And uh, he didn't charge me any money. He's like, yeah, I have to do it. And we, we filmed the scene in the men's bathroom at the hotel <laughs> in the lobby. I just fed him lines and he did it. Like he's sitting on the, the toilet, like uh, <laughs> given X. Ex- it's, it's one of those scenes where he's talking on the phone, talking to another character, because that's all I used to know how to do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he's in my first movie I ever did. I'm sorry, and that Doug, was- how the fuck have I known you for this long? And this is the first time you've told me this story. I never told you the story. No. Never. This blows me away. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's not, it's called Treasure Chest of Horse, but my the movie uh the short I did in there was Resident Emo. It's very very offensive because that was like when I first that's when I first seen like Terra Firma and all this stuff and oh, yeah. I'm just like, you know, I got to be the most. And you know, back in 2006 2006 when I made that movie, everyone was down like honestly like th- that's the first like in that high school it was a, it was a Christian high school. It was pretty bad. But um I I would I I, I remember I got suspended 
because I brought the Toxic Avenger to school and I was letting my friends borrow it. And the teacher like calls me over the PA system like this movie that you're sending, this was nudity in it. And uh, so you're going to be in an in-school suspension. I'm like, in-school suspension for a fucking movie. And I used to do I used to do the audio video stuff at school all the time. So whenever the class said like, oh, your, your um, group project is to make a video for the class. I remember um, after the Toxic Avenger when I did Resident Evil, everyone was like, oh, my God, this movie's so great. You know, it's all just sharing it to your friends and stuff like that. But um, uh, that's the first time one of my friends was in a he, he tried to do his like hot topic punk band. And I said, hey, Toxic Avenger Part 2 has their own theme song. Can you make a theme song to Resident Emo and it's actually pretty kick-ass I like that song and my friend made that song for the movie and uh yeah Lloyd Coffin plays the meat man that's telling people not to cut themselves uh at school and uh yeah it was just crazy because I remember there is there's a it, it was like a plant it, it was a plastic like Uzi um and we were filming it outside and uh you know maybe I shouldn't be saying this but no it, I'm, it, I'm watching your movie right now <laughs> on YouTube your name appears 38 seconds in and at the 35 minute mark there's Lloyd Kaufman sitting on a toilet having yeah, a phone oh call. My this God. blows my fucking that mind, dude. Why is this you were a 16-year-old kid. Do you realize like, how kid, crazy yeah. that is? Yeah, you can hear my squeaky-ass voice. Oh, and I played a character in there. Oh, fuck, that's offensive. And Nick was Everything's in it too, right? offensive. What's that? It looked like Nick was in it too, based on what Nick I saw. Nick was in it too. Yeah. yeah, Nick was the he was the fat kid that gets the spaghetti ripped out of his stomach. Yeah, so yeah, I just use friends and family. My sister's in there. She ends up defeating the emo zombies with piss and shit. The si- the sister who just had a baby. My sister who just had a baby. She's so a mother she'll show, now. She'll show uh, baby Luna this movie. She's like, look at my first acting thing. She's pissing and oh, she pisses in the student's lemonade and gives it to him. That was that was the gag of that. Yeah, it's crazy. I was just trying to be as defense like trauma style as possible. But yeah, the zombies get eliminated with through piss and shit. And uh, we shot that movie. In fact, I, I, I used my school's camera because we used mini DV and I rented it from the AV department. So I would film the movie on weekends or after school when when anyone was free. I'm just like, hey, let, let's film more scenes for my movie. And I played this character called Sweet Pea, which was, uh, I, 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 hello, I'm Sweet Pea. I'm the ultra liberal conservative at the school. Vote for me and I'll turn you into a liberal. It's very offensive. Um, but it was funny. And I remember I had this long muumuu. Um, and I think I still have that muumuu because I, I had Coker wear it for that incel <laughs> uh, short that we did. And uh, yeah, that whole thing was shot on mini DV. But I, I, I feel like I'm going on a tangent there, but it all harkens back to uh, my love for uh, B-movies and The Toxic Avenger. And having Lloyd Kaufman be in my movie, that was like, and I was 16 fucking years old. And so to me, I was just like, holy shit. I, I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what to think. And now that movie got distribution, like just recently this year is when it hit Tubi. And I made that fucker back in 2006 or seven. Oh my God. He's using a fucking brick phone, dude. Like, not a flip phone, not a smartphone, a brick phone. That's how long ago this was. That was his own personal phone. So he, he's like, I got to contact Pat. Pat was his like, uh, well, that's his wife. But he was always like, so he's like, yeah, she's calling me again. Hold on. I just got to tell her I'm in the men's restroom with another underage boy. Oh my God. So, and I remember it was like really funny. Like he was hilarious. Like I couldn't even, you know, I would love to, to have a drink with him. But I was underage at the time. Oh, and then I, was it Resident Emo? There's one where I'm running around naked. Sweet Pea gets, maybe I cut it from the, because I was underage at the time, and I remember I was filming that at my school, and, and they're like, you're running around naked in this movie? I'm like, yeah, well, it's supposed to be. Like, no one wanted to do nudity, so I'll run around. And I remember some of the, the, the priests were like, hey, do you have a copy of your movie? Oh, I'm watching your brother roll around in fake blood. Yeah, see, there's a scene I shot from that, but the mini DV messed up, and... uh he was supposed to, my sister was supposed to play the mom and she was like in this wig and a muumuu and she's like, you're supposed to eat all your fucking spaghetti. And, uh, he eats the spaghetti and then the, the emo zombie like rips it out of him. But that scene got scrambled on the tape, so I couldn't oh, use it. So I it just, now Doc. it looks like bad effects. I see Doc in the muumuu. Oh my God. <laughs> if you're listening to it with the audio, like I said, the, uh, like 2006 was a different time. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I can't believe you never mentioned that. Like, I mean, I, I know that you said a lot of the stuff that you've done is on Tubi. So I know this, but I didn't know that you somehow managed to. Well, honestly, I forgot about it until like, like watching Toxic Avengers just like made me get all nostalgic. I'm like, holy shit. I forgot that I had Lloyd Kaufman in my first movie I ever did. <laughs> That's so um, crazy. That is amazing. Yeah. And it's just literally, it's me as a 16 year old with, a, with a mini DV camera. And I just use friends, family, schoolmates, uh, stuff like that. So, so let me ask you this bad taste. Had you ever seen that movie? Oh yeah. I love bad taste. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorites too. And how old were you when you saw that? 
I saw bad. Actually, I saw bad taste on a um, public domain collection because I had the. So I think I, I think I was eleven. So I was I was younger before I saw bad taste, but the quality was so bad um, that it didn't hit me as much as as Toxic Avenger did when I seen that. Yeah, but it just seems like that filmmaking style like that's the exact same thing it's literally crazy. it was like it was like okay school's off at 2 30 who's available to film literally it was like that oh that is so fun i just watched a girl poop on a tree <laughs> that's my sister there the one you go. Baby. <laughs> yeah she poops and pisses on the tree so this is what needs to happen you need to just monitor her relationship with her daughter very closely and as soon as you know they there's even a slight spat between the two of them you just give the kid an mp4 file and go here you go Feel free to use this. Yeah, well, no, she's used to it. Like I, uh, my sister, when she had a baby. Is this your dad in this movie? I think my dad is in that movie, too. With the fur cap? Wow, we're getting way off of Toxie, but this is the spirit but of Toxie. But it harkens back. Exactly. Th- that's how trauma was. Like, that's how much trauma affected me. Because when I saw Toxic Avenger and then I started watching movies like Terra Firma and then just going into Trauma's library, like, it, it changed me. Like, I'm like, I want to make this shit. It looks like so much. I mean, making a movie is hard work, especially now. But, um. It just made me want to make movies. So that's why I think this is the most influential movie for me. And, you know, probably to all you listeners out there, too, maybe it hits you the same way. But watch it with a new set of eyes and you could just see the like the griminess of and the love of late night B movies. And this is this is it. Are you having sex with a mannequin? Yes, I am having sex with a mannequin. That is a very trauma thing as well. I could definitely. Yeah, the, the mannequin rips my balls yeah, just, off. Just so, so we all know, this is in the movie, not not right now in real time. N- yeah, not right now. No, see, like <laughs> I was, I told you, like I, I did some of these crazy shit, like, and that was not, that's when I used to work at. I made that movie a little later. Um, the mama, it's a mannequin, and uh, it's all, it's pretty much the same people from Resident Emo, but um, I had uh, just some friends and family in there, but yeah, the mannequin rips my balls off. The balls were actually like um, uh, stockings, and I put like meatballs in them. So. <laughs> God. It gets pissed off because I call the mannequin the wrong name. And so it comes to life and kills everybody at a birthday party. That's crazy. But I mean, honestly, this is so cool to see. And it's like the essence of what trauma is and the essence of like what so many of our fans. I mean, I'll never forget reaching out to Jordan uh, from Cult Sounds and be like, hey, I love the Cult Sounds. I want to listen to the Cult Sounds. And he goes, oh, I thought you were reaching out to me because I did this fucking short film. And I'm like, what? And like so many people have this like passion for filmmaking and it's just so cool to see that now, especially with stuff like YouTube, like imagine explaining to a kid like, hey, we had the internet first before we had streaming video, Mm -hmm. right? Because my kids had Disney Plus and they have Netflix, they have Hulu and they have Voodoo and they have all these fucking things, but they don't browse the internet. So as far as their conception of everything is going to be, you just stream stuff mm-hmm. versus we had to like navigate to all of these shitty websites. The idea of like downloading a movie. It was inconceivable. Blows my fucking mind. The amount of times I masturbated to an animated GIF instead of actual like video pornography. Hilarious by today's standards. And so like this is awesome. I'm excited to we need to do a watch party, I think, Douglas. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a little embarrassed by it because I mean, but I mean, that's I can't really be embarrassed about just being inspired. I, I That's really what it was. I hit this peak of inspiring and I wasn't big into sports or anything. And I'm just like, man, I really want to do. And everyone knew me at, at school and like in the town is like, oh, the, the weird kid that likes to make movies. So, well, I mean, when I was your age, I was in like a bunch of shitty bands. I was probably the resident emo. And honestly, it's a lot less embarrassing than some of our performances. I have a videotape from when we played the whiskey a go-go and I did a front flip at the end of the set and I screamed, I'm crazy. I'm fucking crazy. My (laughs) grandmother was in the audience. And I I think back on that very often when I need to like check my uh, sense of pride and dignity because it's gone. Oh, well, I'm sure your grandma was really proud. She was the fucking coolest. And she was like this super liberal, like well-learned woman whose like favorite movie was Silence of the Lambs. The idea that so often people kind of portray intellectuals as being overly sensitive. Those are the motherfuckers who are nine times out of ten pushing the envelope. You know, mm-hmm. the conservative rhetoric when it's it's that's usually just like antagonistic. Like, oh, I wonder what your gender identity is. Am I right? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You want to know something funny now that I'm remembering it? Um, I mean, it's not not for right now, but watch resident watch the treasure chest of horrors. Now, when I made that, I was uh, I was in a school that was very 
Christian conservative. The town was very Christian conservative, but I wasn't. I knew like I didn't believe in God at the time, but I just had to act like I believed in it. And I, you know, didn't believe in like all this stuff. I was like, oh, if you're black, then you should be at this school. Or if you're poor, you should be like this. Because it was a lot of that stuff where I didn't agree with their politics, their their way on, on gay views. I did, They were like, oh, all gays should burn in hell. Like, oh, honestly, that's what the school was fucking teaching me. And I absolutely hated it. So that's why I'm a proud, you know, liberal atheist now. But um, hell yeah. Just growing up with that. But I was like 13, 14. I was hearing all this stuff here. My brother and sister were the same way. We're just like, we don't like what they're teaching us here, but we can't say anything. We're just kids. So what I did and I have notes and stuff. <laughs> I have a binder here with it, too. But what I did is I got all these people that were ultra conservative um, that were in the movie and I made it seem like it was ultra conservative. But it, uh, it, like the underlying tones was I was making fun of Christian conservatives. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't even know like when we were filming it. And then they you watched were like, it, like Sasha Boran Cohen before. Yeah. Yeah. Before, you're proto Borat. Yeah. So trying to be like this, you know, this character. So I was playing like this the sweet pea character and uh, even like the other characters in there, they're like, oh, I'm so into mental like because uh, in the like I, I just read reviews now. And this is just coming out now because it appeared on Tubi for the for Treasure Chest of Horrors. And they're like, like, this movie is so bad because it's it's making fun of mental illness and making fun of conservative and, and it's making fun of God. Uh, I'm just like, you know, now you guys are catching on to it. You know, at the time I had to really sneak this stuff in and they went along with it. But in the in the end, I'm just making fun of them. Hell yeah. So, Aid, what's your favorite part of Toxic Avenger? I guess I, I like the little love story. It's really cute. I, I love that the mom like comes to defend him at the end. I don't, there was things about mm. it. I think that overall, I was reminded that it was a trauma movie every now and again when like that bozo character would start yelling for no reason. I'm like, oh yeah, because I forgot. Ah! So, like yeah. everybody's yelling for no reason. I'm like, oh God, shut up. But I, I that so between that and then the effects were were great. They had some really good effects in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the one with the guy at the weight rack is always oh, yeah. my favorite. I That's always going to be etched in my brain for as long as I live because my mom at the time owned a gym. So I saw those every day. She'd pick me up and I'd sit in the back room at a gym for eight hours before we went home. And that's probably my oldest memory right now. If you put a gun to my head, that's the first thing in my entire life I remember. Because I don't remember anything else from three. Would the guy's head getting crushed in the gym? Did I I get concussions at the gym? Oh, no, no. I was going to say, so the guy getting it. Well, see, in the 80s, they didn't have those those, uh, guard bars. So you could stick your head in those spikes. But... uh, yeah, it's like, look what I got from the drug division. <laughs> so, I, I, and the one scene that a lot of people forget about, but I absolutely love, like, I remember as a kid, uh, even now, like, I, I'll still rewind it, because I think it's hilarious, and it's well-directed and well-shot. It's creepy. The the scene where the, the little lady goes in, she's like, Mr. Wilson, yoo-hoo, <laughs> can, can you fix these stains? My 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 son came home with his best friend. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then she gets thrown into the dryer. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that, like at first I'm like, this is a horror movie. Like he got in the car accident. Now he's going crazy, killing innocent people. But no, she had a record a mile long. Yeah. That's one of the things like, it's always so abrupt that I remember the first time I'd seen it and probably like two or three years. I was like, what did I miss something? And so I rewound it. I'm like, no. And then I would remember like, ah, yep. They just, it's a very abrupt thing, but it's purposefully abrupt, which Mm -hmm. is kind of weird because modernly I feel like so often we're spoon fed narratives or shit's too confusing. It's like, it's one or the other Mm -hmm. to the point where we're doing like ridiculous voiceover type shit to like, oh, we can't alienate our our audience. You know, we have to make sure we get our 70% on Rotten Tomatoes or it's like some A24 shit where I'm like, okay. I, I guess I can conclude that. I don't, I don't fucking know. And so this is a, a good blend of both. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, do you like his voice or do you like his voice in the sequels more? I love it. I think it's hilarious. Uh, the, the contrast between Melvin Ford and that voice is great because also he has this sumptuous timber to his voice. So like as far as his girlfriend's concerned, like he's strong, he protects her. She never comments really on his smell that much. And then he sounds good. So as far as she's concerned, like she comes out ahead. Um, so it's a very interesting thing. But also, like, I could see how it's perceived as ableist, like that he would somehow be exploiting her. But the fact is, he's very upfront, repeating himself all the time. Like, I'm a monster. And she's like, I don't give a shit. Um, so especially when you see how ableist, like later entries become, it's very interesting that like, she isn't exploited more like obviously she's almost right but i mean like exploited in terms of like mean-spirited exploitation like the Mm -hmm. fact that she has too many canes 
that's not really that bad, right? Yeah, she's like throwing the eggshells in there. Yeah, I think it's just light hard to find. Then uh, Sarah is just a. Uh, I don't know. I think she's. I don't think he's like exploiting her. Like I always thought. Like no, she's legit in love. You know, love is blind. So <laughs> and so is she. Did you catch Miss Marissa Tomei's in this? Yeah, for a real quick second, she's spraying aerosol '80s spray after a shower. Yeah, she's in a towel. Wow. Yeah, which which leads into another thing too. I think that like that's ripped out like out of a straight horror movie. I think that the scene where um Toxie's ta- uh, chasing Julie after choking her, yeah, yeah, cho- like that's a hor- that's horrifying. Like I I remember being scared at first when I seen that. I'm like, this is so great because it's action, it's gore. I was just laughing my ass off, and now I'm actually kind of scared. So it just works. Yeah, it's definitely one of the better ones. That, I mean, probably, if not the best one that you've shown me, just as far as because another thing I was going to comment on, we said earlier, like, I'm so happy it doesn't feel like it's like three hours long. because Some of them are just like, mm-hmm. can't watch anymore. <laughs> well, that's like part two and three. Like, they, they just drag. Like, there's cool parts. Actually... Part two would be a good smoke break episode, I think, because uh, yeah. I realized after I after, I'm like, wait a minute, I feel I, I know what part two needs. Part two needs like either a lot of wine or a lot of weed. <laughs> no wonder I've never enjoyed in it. In that order. Yeah, no. And, and when I watched it, like literally like, last time Coker and I watched it, we were laughing our asses off for the whole and it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. So so that's what Toxic Avenger 2 needs. So you have to be under the influence for for to enjoy Toxic 2, I think. So what do you think of the voice contrast between whimpering Melvin and I think it's Mitch Cohen? Yeah. Who who for aid? I, either of you. Well, aid, why don't you go first? I feel like I've blabbered enough diarrhea doo-doo. Oh, no. I'm, I'm just happy that Doug's happy, so that makes me happy. When the first time I heard his voice, I just started laughing because I'm like, of course, it's yeah. like a stark contrast to, to what we have with Melvin because I almost feel like, okay, maybe Melvin did have some sort of uh, disability, whereas Taxi, I feel like does not. Like, I think he's pretty with it. In fact, he's more charismatic like that. I mean, and I could see, it's almost like it reminded me, and I know this is stupid, but it reminded me, I think of... Deadpool when the chick what's her name is with him like and then she sees what he looks like later and he's all burnt and I'm like but he's still fucking hot I mean he may look all burnt but there's something about him like I don't see what the problem is right so the 17 inch dick yeah I don't know well maybe that I have no idea but I just but I've never been the kind of person whatever I don't feel like I've been the kind of shallow person like there's always has to be something very like like that attracts me to someone Right. So I could see why the blind girl, you hear his voice. He saved her. He's like, you know, he's her hero. Of course, she's going to like him. Right. And I, I, I think that they make her blind is kind of cute in a way because she never gets to see him. So she has no idea what he looks like. So. I can see the plot point for that, even though it might seem ableist, but I don't think it's any worse than Freddie got fingered with what's her face in the wheelchair. I mean, so. That's actually way worse because she gets caned <laughs> and orgasms because of it. <laughs> You never been to Bar Sinister? Oh, well, you know, that's where we're going when I come to LA. That's where we're all going. I mean, maybe not Jake. We'll leave him in the car. He can drive us. I think Jake would like it. Upstairs is the the Dom room. Uh, My brother wore the dominatrix out. She she got tired of paddling him. He's like, I thought there was a timer. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I think this, I mean, it's fun, right? Like, I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) In speaking of Toxie's girlfriend, does anybody else get reminded of Allison Brie? Yeah. I thought that the first time he showed her, I I saw her face. I was like, oh, fuck. like, especially with her in that show where she's playing the character in the 80s. Glow. Glow. Yeah, definitely. But I was like, oh, yeah, this is 1984. Was she alive? Yeah, because I wasn't alive yet. Yeah, she has good eyeshadow makeup, too. You know, I'm like, man, how does she? She must be like a Jeffree Star model before the <laughs> Jeffree Star was even a thing. Because I know you haven't seen the sequels yet, Aid, but, but they change her name and she's like, She's like a cartoon oh character in two and three. She's annoying. Oh. But she does play the accordion, if I'm not mistaken. So that's cool because, you know, I'm a Weird Al fan. Have you seen the first images of Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al in the biopic? I, I seen something. Yeah, I think it was aid. Was that you that shared it? Someone shared it on Probably Instagram. Probably me. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. You know, I saw Weird Al at Amoebas uh, last time I was there before the <laughs> pandemic. So that was kind of cool. Amoebas. Hell yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell you guys, I did Google it. So yeah, the last time I heard about Kevin Bacon being involved was last year around June. Yeah. 
So I don't know. But also around that time, he was going to be in a Tremors reboot. Yeah. And then he was going to be doing So, I mean, I wonder if that's just because people play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon all the oh, time. I mean, I watch him every Monday when he does this little song. He, like, plays a song for everybody every Monday on his Instagram. And he, like, wow. yeah, and he puts it on his little record player. Or sometimes him and his wife, they'll play a song together. It's so gross. You never watch it? It's his Monday blues. So he puts on someone else's song. Yeah, and he, but, he, but he gives you a little intro why why he loved this song and this is that. Or sometimes he'll actually play a song. I, but he never mentions Toxic Avengers where I'm getting at. So because I do love him, he was my he was my Hugh Jackman before Hugh Jackman. So, mm. well, I, I think they're all kind of holding in Toxic Avenger because I feel like this movie people know Toxie, but a lot of people haven't seen it. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're like a into like the B movie, but I don't think general audiences have kind of seen the Toxic Avenger. It's like street sharks. People know that street sharks happened. Yeah. But like how many people actually know that that show was totally jawsome? I used to have the VHS of that. I love that one. For Dr. Hey, Pirano. Like they were like hot sharks. Anyway, I know I'm like Tina over here. You're a furry. <laughs> yeah, What's a furry into for a fish? A fishy? fishy? <laughs> Sounds like something else. For those of you who are like sitting here listening, going like, where's the analysis? Where's the, the making of? Where's We have quite literally done that on this show. If you listen to every episode of Slashers, you will have heard us compare 90% of movies to movies like Toxic Avenger. And you can hear our prior interviews with Mark Torgel, with Jennifer Aspinall. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll we'll get Lloyd on here. Since you guys are on a first name basis and everything, uh, him being in your movies, you send him a residual check and an invite. What should I say? Hey, Lloyd, this is the underage kid that was in the bathroom at the Holiday Inn. Do you remember me? Which one? Click. <laughs> I, I know. Well, and that's the thing too is I watch him all the time on Instagram, and he and his wife are always making blue aprons together. I'm like, I do that too. <laughs> oh yeah, Lloyd's funny. Like Lloyd, uh, well, he, he he like had like these gummies. Like he tried weed gummies, and uh, his like literally like it was the funniest. I'm like, I wish I could have recorded it, but he's like, he's like Blue Apron Trophy Wife. You're making the good tomato soup stuff. Oh, this is good. And she's like, Lloyd, stop bothering me. I'm trying to cook food. And she's like, legit. He's like, geez, I was just trying to record it. Geez. And it's like the like it's legit. Like she legit got annoyed. She's like, it's like sit down and be quiet. <laughs> like, well, imagine being married to that guy. Uh, like he's a great fun uncle, but to have yeah. that like in your presence at all time would be like, oh fuck god. Like no. Like that's the way people view me. Like the audience thinks that Jake's wacky antics are great, <laughs> but Jake doesn't have real life friends because it, it's just too much. So. Not to say I'm equivocating myself to Lloyd Kaufman, but those hyper people are usually a little bit jarring. Yeah, well, Lloyd on set. Um, have you ever seen like any behind the scenes stuff with with Lloyd? Yeah, Lloyd is a crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. You don't want to piss him off when you're filming a movie. So uh, everyone always comes out later. They're always crying. But you want to? Know, I have to side with Lloyd because when you're doing a movie with super low budget, your time constraint. And if people are just talking when you're trying to talk, I get pissed off, too. I don't and know if he's working with people who aren't professionals. So you really need to set that standard. You know, like these people don't have a huge amount of experience, if any. And so a lot of times the stuff that they're seeing is like behind the scenes footage, which is the most entertaining part of what's going on, not the most actual filmmaking part so yeah i completely respect that yeah so aid that's one thing too you'd like to see if you'd like to see like some behind the scenes of like the makings of like poultry guys and terror like just watch it like it's it's a whole movie in itself like it's it's like a drama <laughs> uh, you watch him like man this is stressful effects aren't going like, lloyd's going crazy throwing shit getting mad so it's it's bad but yeah. it's and en- very entertaining well, and I also interviewed Jason Yashannon last year, yeah. the guy from Poultry Guys, who actually mm-hmm. played, you know, he and Lloyd technically played the same character. And he talked about, you know, very candidly, like the experience that he had, you know, he learned a lot. And it was a, like a crash course experiential learning in what is a very weird circumstance, but it ends up being very enriching for a lot of people. It's why people will work for him for free. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's the whole thing Like, kind of boils it down to. And I didn't know about all that stuff when I seen it. But, you know, just watching this movie, I felt like, like there was just something special that clicked and it felt like a pheno- like a phenomena, like like Aid said, of, of like low budget, no budget filmmaking and just trying to do what you can with with very little money. And we get a great product. Mm-hmm. In terms of every movie we've ever done on Slashers ever, how does Toxic Avenger stack up? Hey, asking me. You already know the answer. Your turn, uh, Aid. 
What do you think? Every even back when you were just a, a little a wee fan of the show. Oh, a wee fan. I um do does stack up to any of the movies that we've done. I I think as far as trauma is concerned, it's probably I would say now that that one's my favorite of the trauma. Now everything else though. Everything else. <laughs> Compare it to an American Werewolf in London. Do it. Well, I'm not going to do that. You can't do that. But the thing is, it's like, you know, they do kill the dog in the movie. And I think that, that really made me sad. So <laughs> I can't get it. And then they showed it again. And I know the dog had makeup on because he was still breathing. But still, like he was yeah. all bloody on the floor. Even on my very fuzzy VHS, I was like, oh, he's alive. He's breathing. We're good. I know. Yeah. But but see, like the characters being so despicable like that, it's like you want to see them dispatched in the worst ways, get their arm ripped off, thrown in an oven, deep fried. Yeah. But honestly, like the, if there's something that I have to say negative about the movie, it's that Slug, Slug and Bozo were like some of the worst perpetrators. I don't think they get killed brutal enough. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Very yeah, much he agreed. just gets choked out and thrown out of the car, and the other one he gets—I mean, he kept—he gets set on fire in the car. But honestly, like they should have been like skull crushed, skull fucked, eyes ball ripped out. I always took that to be budgetary more than anything, because especially by the time you get to the end and he's disemboweling the mayor, it's like that's that's our finale. Mm-hmm. But you know, because you add the emotive elements with his mom and his girlfriend and the support of the community, you get away with it. That's a great way of having a climax without a big budget. Is you add emotion and all the circumstances to have a narrative climax where it's not an action based. Yeah. See in the third movie, I think it's at the VHS store, but I always liked uh, the VHS section because he rips out that guy's intestines and he plays his jump rope with it, <laughs> which yeah. I always loved. So. Oh, that's, that's the best part of that whole movie. <laughs> yeah. And that was a reshoot that wasn't originally in the movie. So oh my gosh, fun. <laughs> yeah, the guy gets his arm ripped off in a VCR. It's great. So it's like, why couldn't they make that movie more like that reshoot footage? But I digress. So expect us to come circle back around to Toxic Avenger again when the next Toxic Avenger comes out, because we'll do it. Yeah, I've seen every Toxie thing. I've seen every episode of Crusaders. I've read every comic, so nothing will escape us. If you'd like to have like a more in-depth discourse about the like merits of the movie, the production schedule, any of those fancy fun things that you can Google that are very well researched and published online, hit us up. Slasherspot at gmail.com. Leave us comments. We'll interact with you. This is obviously a passion project of both Doug's and myself. My first obsession was probably Ninja Turtles and Toxic Crusaders ripped off Ninja Turtles and went right into there. And then I saw this movie and I don't know that I ever watched the cartoon very much after that because I was obsessed with the real guts and gore. And this has been a benchmark for the whole slashers. I mean, like it's crazy to me to think of all like I posted the other day. I watched this movie on a tape that I got from a guy who's now one of my all-time best friends who I met through this show, watching it on a VCR that used to belong to a director who made Blood Diner, which is my favorite movie I found through this show. So it's like, it's crazy the enrichment that this show has come out of in my life and how much of that I owe to Toxic Avengers. So if you leave us a comment, we'll leave one back. Douglas, aside from getting married to a woman who's not a castrating mannequin what are you doing lately oh man yeah besides the whole marriage stuff and getting all that stuff ready and then the de- the stress of like trying to plan we 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 are still besides slasher's podcast we did just shoot new episodes for saturday night terrors uh new friday night action and new grandpa oats um and that's on b movie tv on roku you don't want to miss grandpa oats i'm gonna play the episode on easter sunday the movie is a real rare one, but it's one of my favorites too. It's like Greasy Strangler meets uh, that movie Lamb from A24. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I don't know if I could say the title yet, but uh, it's a British movie. So you get to see morbidly obese fucking and a guy fucks a goat and ends up raising the, the goat as his son. And it becomes a rebellious teenager that wants to rip the family apart. It's a great British movie. And uh, that's what oh, I'll leave you with. Oh, I've seen this. I've seen this. It sounds like a cowboy movie, but it's not. <laughs> You want me to just say, you know what I could say, because it's 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 in public domain. The Revenge of Billy the Kid. Yes. Ser- yes. Revenge of Billy the Kid. Yeah, this is That's one exciting. that I I saw years ago and I couldn't remember the name of it. And, and then Billy the Kid just never stood out because <laughs> I'm like, Billy the Kid, that's, that's a cowboy thing. We talked about this when we did. Rabid Grannies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. So Revenge of Billy the Kid will be playing on Easter Sunday, uh, 10 p.m. on the Grandpa Oats Cinema Woodchipper show that Jake has done the uh, artwork for. So see, it's it's all commingling. And I, I blame our love for Toxic Avenger, too, because all this stuff just 
intermingles the love of it. People think it's a joke like, oh, it's just a B movie. No, it's a lot more than that. Like, look, we've all become lifelong friends now uh, doing passion work for all this stuff and then hosting B movies and stuff on Roku and then doing Slashers podcast like Jake got Jackie Kong's old VCR. So, you know, it's just you never knew. And then I'm kind of glad to show you that Lloyd like worked with me and I was like 16 doing that movie. So it's just it's a weird love for these movies that only the people that know know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because otherwise, I think it's very easy to disregard this kind of stuff as a, a flippant hobby, you know, especially in a world of a thousand podcasts and a million people who want to be in movies. There's a difference between people who want to be in movies and be recognized and be famous and make a profit off of stuff. Would not that it's not viable. I mean, it's a great income and everything, and it's admirable in its own way. But then there's a difference between the obsession that a lot of other people have where the aspiration is to herald these things and to make sure that they last and to make sure that we basically proselytize and tell the whole world like, hey, you need to see Toxic Avenger if you haven't seen Toxic Avenger for free. I'm not getting paid by Lloyd. In fact, it costs us money to do this show. I mean, it costs Mm -hmm. us resources and sacrifices from other things, but we love it. We love our fans. And that was a very subtle hint that if you'd like to pay us... Patreon.com slash slashypodmugugi. And Adrian, what other way can they give us their hard-earned currency that they could otherwise be spending on heroin? Oh. Or crocodile. Oh, yeah, or crocodile. Sure. Yeah, no, you can go on to our Slashers Pod Redbubble page at slasherspod.redbubble.com. We've got a ton of accessories, t-shirts, designs, all of them by, uh, most of them by Jake. And we need to do like a trauma type design i guess at this point yeah that's overdue i can work on that while i'm doing everything else it's no big <laughs> oh, deal no, no. no you now. i want to say thank you to, to aid and, and to mikey and to doug for keeping everything afloat because honestly my life has literally been in shambles in my real life so everything that's produced every episode making it on time is all them yeah, Aid's been doing all this, this editing too. Like Jake does the uh, audio, like the the initial thing. I don't even know the big words for the I big PBS word processing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Aid's literally chopping away. You're gonna be an audio uh, editor soon, Aid. So yeah, I mean, yeah, professionally, it's 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 been it's been a lot, and I I you know I just thank Jake for the opportunity all the time for having me on and stuff because like I wouldn't have learned how to do all of this stuff. And I'm learning a lot from you guys, even you, Doug. So I think that it's it's always something that I've been interested in. And I've never really had the people in my life to do this with. So meeting you guys just by chance and just by listening to the show, I think has been such a blessing. And the fact that Taxi like has inadvertently brought us all together. Like, how fun is that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you would, I'm, I'm getting a little emotional now. But yeah, it's just weird. Like, how did, how did Toxic Avenger like do, does this all the time? It makes people get creative and put their creative juices together to see this product you're making. You know, it's low budget. We're, we're filming this stuff in our garage, our room, uh, you know. So here we are, just the love of the project. So that's why I think Toxic Avenger is very deep for me and, you know, Jake too. So Absolutely. And if, if you don't like Toxic Avenger, you can kindly fuck off. My name is Jake for Aiden Doug saying goodbye and good die.